Hey there, Agile people. Welcome to another episode of Agile Bytes, the podcast put on by Integrity Inspired Solutions, where we build software in an agile manner day in and day out. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cool People Everywhere. If you are a cool person somewhere, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. We appreciate you. Today's topic comes from a good friend and colleague who contacted me personally to talk about this. And as we got to talking, we thought this might make for a good podcast episode. And let me tell you the story that brought it to bear and see if you can spot why this might be an interesting topic. So in his organization, they were planning out the next eight sprints worth of work. And he asked if this was a very good idea. Is it good to plan out this far ahead? Eight sprints worth of work. So today's topic on the podcast is in an agile project, how far out do we want to plan ahead? Is it possible to plan out too far ahead? Spoiler alert. Yes. So let's take this situation. We've got a team and somehow they figure that they can plan out, they do scrum, they can plan out eight sprints worth of work. So I believe their sprints were two weeks apiece. So that's 16 weeks, four months worth, worth of work for their team. They're able to plan this out. And he wants to know if this is risky. Well, my question in response to that situation is how likely is that plan to change? If we plan out 16 weeks worth of work, how likely is that to change at some point? If the answer is it's pretty likely, well then planning out eight sprints is really a waste of our time. Why would we spend time planning out things that we know are not going to be right? Why would we plan at least to that level of detail? The contents of eight sprints, that's really difficult to plan out if it's likely that our plans are going to change. And I would say, four months, the odds are pretty good. But let's say that's not the case. Let's say this team came back and said, oh, no, 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 Phil. I understand why you might think in four months our plan for work might change, but in our context, in our organization, that's not the case. We routinely plan out, you know, whole quarters of development or trimesters, I guess, of development. And that's just pretty much the plan we stick to. It very rarely changes, if at all. I guess my question is, at that point then is, hey, why are you using sprints at all? What value does Scrum bring you in a situation where you can plan out your next four months worth of work? I mean, the, the whole reason that we plan out product increments is that we don't know, right? We, we don't know what we're supposed to build. We don't know if it's right or not. We, we're going to get feedback and information that's going to adjust our backlog and going to adjust our priorities. So we don't know that in the coming months, we're going to build what we think we're, we're building today. That's the value of Scrum. But my second question then is, why are you planning out so far ahead of what your team is actually capable of building? Because if you know you're planning out 16 weeks of worth of work, then that means you have a pretty decent idea of how fast your team is going to burn through that work. So what are you gaining by planning out week 16 for that team or week nine? for that matter. They're not going to get to week nine until week nine. So why is it important to plan that week? Why are you spending time doing that when you could be spending time actually getting week one's user stories out the door? So I want to talk about those two aspects of things. One, how likely is the plan to change? Or another way to ask that is, how likely is your plan to end up being wrong? And the second question is, how quickly will those plans get executed? What is your team's actual completion rate? What's their burn rate? Because these two questions are going to help us solve the problem of how far out it's wise to plan. Let's talk about that first question. How likely is the plan to change? 
If there's a high degree of uncertainty about what you're building or about the schedule or about the things that could happen during production, you run a very, very high risk of wasting time because you're planning things that are very, very likely to change. And there's not really a point in creating detailed plans that are likely to change. There was one client I was working for one time, and by the time they got around to my team, they had built out a requirements document that had taken them a year to write. And during the course of that year for that product, legislation around that product's domain had changed. Staff members had changed. What they wanted to get out of that product had changed. By the time we got to that requirements document, we discovered that about two-thirds of it ended up being wrong, but they spent a whole year planning that product. Why did they do that? It was a very volatile situation. The, the odds of things changing were incredibly, incredibly high, especially when you think about a project of that size. You spend a whole year planning it. They're, they're looking at like a two to three year project. The odds are pretty good that what you think is going to happen on day one, year one of a project is not going to be what actually happens when year two or year three rolls around. So why are you creating detailed plans for those things? The plan is just very likely to change. There's likely to be variables. This is one of the big risks that come from waterfall. You know, if you're in the agile world, we always talk about how bad waterfall is. And this was one of the problems of waterfall is that we would create a very detailed project plan. We'd get out the Gantt charts with the milestones and all the risks identified. And this is the date we're going to hit this milestone. And this is the date we're going to hit that milestone. And this is the date that, you know, Bob is going to get married. And this is the date that Kathy's going to get sick. And, you, you know, you plan all these things out on a, on a meticulous project plan and you're covering like two years. Well, there's so much uncertainty in those two years. Why did you spend all that time coming up with a highly detailed plan that you know is likely going to be wrong? What would make a lot more sense is to create kind of a loose, high-level plan that can easily be pivoted because the amount of uncertainty is really high. And a lot of that uncertainty just comes sheerly from the length of time that you're covering. So I would tell a team, if you're planning eight sprints out in advance to think, isn't it pretty likely that something is going to change between sprint one and sprint eight or sprint one and sprint four or two? I mean, isn't it likely that you're going to learn something, that something's going to come up, that a circumstance you didn't foresee arises, that you'll get some feedback that might change your priorities or a feature that you thought you would be done with in sprint one, you get really good feedback from your users and you decide to stick with it and keep improving on it instead of leaving it behind to go do other things. Is that likely at all? And if so, then eight sprints sounds like a long time to me. That, that sounds like you are hoping a lot of uncertainty doesn't happen for a very long period of time. So that's the first thing I want to ask myself is how likely is this plan to change? How likely is it to be wrong? How much time and money do we want to spend being wrong? I mean, th these are all wrapped up in that same question. Then let's look at the second question, the second aspect. How quickly does my team complete work to begin with? What's the value in planning out work that's months and months and months in advance when my team isn't, isn't going to get around to it for literally months and months and months? Just think about the things that could happen in that time. Our understanding of the requirements might change. Our understanding of the product might change. The things that we plan on getting done in month seven, we might deprioritize, right? If my team isn't going to get around to it anytime soon, why do I need details about it? I was just at a client this morning and we were talking about these issues. We we're talking about user stories and how much detail to put, how much acceptance criteria should we flesh out? How many 
task should we break that down and when should we do it? A lot of the answers to those questions tie into when are you likely to get around to this? Because if you're likely to get around to it in the very near future, then yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to, to get your detailed requirements, your ducks in a row, know what you're going to build because you're about to start. The odds of something big happening between now and tomorrow are much lower than something happening between now and six months from now, right? So you, you sort of have that sweet spot where your team completes things at a certain rate. You're maybe a little bit ahead of them into the future, but not so far out that now you're planning things that they're not going to get around to forever and ever, right? And that controls the level of detail that your plan has. The thing you have to keep in mind is, especially in an agile world, your options have value. It is valuable to leave your options open. And when you come up with a detailed plan for the future, you begin to close those options off. You trade those options away for a, for a hard choice, for a hard decision that you're making in advance. And what we want to do in an agile environment is we're learning, we're pivoting, we're adapting. We want to keep options open as long as possible. We don't want to close them off as early as possible, which is the exact opposite of a more waterfall approach to our projects, right? Where we want to close those options off. In an agile world, there's value in keeping them open. So a lot of times we talk about making our decisions at the last responsible moment. In other words, we want to defer these hard, detailed plans until now we're just being irresponsible, right? But we want to push them off. We want to we want to leave the future to be open and adaptable for as long as we can until we can no longer responsibly do so. So how fast does your team actually move? When are they likely to get around to it? Do you need to put detailed requirements in backlog item 867? I can probably promise you that you are never, ever, ever going to work on backlog item 867. So why would you spend a requirements meeting talking about it, right? So that factors into the plan as well. So those two things, ask yourself, how likely is the plan to change? Because that'll control how much time and detail we put into it. And is our team actually likely to get around to this anytime soon? That will change the level of time and detail that you put into your plans as well. Now, sometimes I bring this up and people kind of get on their high horse and they're like, oh, well, you have to plan, right? Projects are complicated. And if you don't plan, you're going to run into stuff that you didn't think of and you're going to have to rewrite a bunch of code. And you're going to code yourself into a technical corner and you're going to spend a ton of money back in it. Look, I'm not saying not to plan. Being agile does not mean having no plan. What it means is doing the level of planning when we get the most value out of that level of planning. It doesn't mean get as much details out of the way up front as you possibly can. And this is why user stories are so great and so common in Agile methodologies because you have the user story, which is a, a pretty high level encapsulation of a business capability with very little detail in it. You have acceptance criteria, where now we're getting into the business rules and things that have to be true to actually deliver this user story. And then you have the actual tasks or subtasks, which are all the individual things that you need to do, database tables, API endpoints and whatnot, to deliver the, that user story. The beautiful part of that division is we don't have to get all three pieces of those information up front. We can just capture that high level capability as the user story so we know it's coming, but we don't have to figure out like what database tables we need to get that done, especially if we're not going to get around to it for another four months, right? Let's not worry about spending the time getting that level of detail. Let's wait for that option to get closer. Let's wait for it to get closer to our team's radar. And as it begins to appear on our horizon, now we need to start increasing the depth of our planning, start increasing the level of detail that we spend on our plans. And this is where experimentation really helps us out, 
right? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to deal with uncertainty by that incremental deployment, not by having detailed upfront plans. The detailed upfront plans we make are just guesses. And the more agile our world needs to be, the more uncertain those guesses are, right? We don't over overcome uncertainty with more detailed plans. We overcome uncertainty by getting things in front of people and getting feedback and adapting our plans as we go. That's a big part of how Agile deals with this stuff. It's all about adaptation. This is what controls the risk of being wrong. We don't control risk by making more and more detailed plans or spending more and more time doing upfront planning. So is it bad to plan eight sprints out in advance? You know, I don't know your team's context. I don't know that I can give you a definitive answer on that, but I can tell you that what it sounds like from the outside is that you are trying to establish certainty over a relatively long time period in software development. I think it's likely that what you have planned for Sprint 8 is probably not what's actually going to end up in Sprint 8. So if you are going to plan out that long, I would say hold on to those plans very loosely and don't spend a ton of time trying to flesh out every detail. You're likely going to be wrong. What you instead want to do is you want to look at how much uncertainty you've got in front of you and you want to look at how fast your team is actually moving, and you want to gauge your intense planning to focus on that window. That's when you want your details. That's when you want to do all your planning. In terms of the future, just high-level direction is good enough. And a lot of times it's even good enough to say, let's see what happens when we get closer and not even worry about that right now. I hope that helps. I hope if you're trying to be agile, I hope you can sort of do the mind shift into let's just get the details we need right now and let's just have kind of a high level plan for the future because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I would say this is actually applicable to a lot of other things in life and not just software development. But by adopting this planning, this planning methodology, this way of looking at planning, hopefully you'll be able to do the planning that has value and stay on track without locking yourselves into things that end up being the wrong options. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Agile Bites. Agile does sometimes bite, but we don't think it always has to. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you happen to be using. And if you can, leave us a comment because we'd love to hear your feedback. What things would you like to hear about? What things did you hear that were valuable to you today? You can also head over to integrityinspired.com to sign up to our email list. But that's all for today, folks. We'll see you next time.